0: My style can't be duplicated or recycled. This chick is a sick individual. Sick tape! Volume 2! Believe it! Oh,
1: Let me switch up the game.
0: I drink that cone. Step back.
1: Welcome to the Girl Help Me Out podcast with me, Rachel Harvey. So guys, this past week... In Baltimore was Restaurant Week. And to my knowledge, Restaurant Week happens twice a year, at least here in Beemore. Once in the summer, like August, I wanna say, and then usually around this week in the winter. And thank God it happens at least twice a year because I could not wait until next January to experience Restaurant Week. Um, I went to three different restaurants, which, I mean, bye bye money, but like, hello, goodness, and like, basically, love and happiness. I mean, I'm telling you, the food that I've eaten this past week has just blown me away. And I'm very thankful to live in a city that celebrates its restaurants. But basically... Um, for those who don't know all like for restaurant week all like the more upscale like bougie places and also like the more low key places it's really any restaurant i think that um can participate but they have these amazing deals um for either their menu items or they make separate menus especially for this week and um a lot of them, at least every restaurant I went to, it was like $35 for a three-course meal or four-course or whatever, depending on where you are. Um, And I definitely just, I want to give you guys a debrief of what I experienced because when I think about, you know, when my last episode dropped and all that, I, I can't stop thinking about food. So first of all, last Saturday, I met up with two dear friends of mine at Kava Meze for brunch and this wasn't necess- like Kava Meze participated in Restaurant Week but disclaimer like the brunch deal happens all the time so I don't know if it actually counted toward official Restaurant Week but I'm just going to say it did because of when we went um but Kava Meze does a $35 unlimited brunch and I didn't really know what that meant in terms of what the dishes would look like, are they full blown, you know, portions, is it tapas and it turned out to be tapas style, which actually worked out really nicely because we just ordered like a ton of shit off the menu. We probably ordered almost every single item on the brunch list, but um we're able to share everything and like you know, I didn't get too full, but it was just enough. We had a couple of mimosas. I, I would say the mimosa deal was like the best deal. At least I've personally seen it was twenty five cents not per mosa, but for any amount of mosa. So like they only charged the three of us seventy five cents total for the drinks. But between the three of us, there were maybe like ten mimosas consumed, maybe twelve. I'm not sure, but um, it was delish. And and I do have to say that was a good brunch. Um, I, you know, it had like a little Mediterranean twist. It was items I wouldn't necessarily like always order all the time. So it was nice to get something new. Um, But if you're definitely feeling a little classy, but like ready for fun, definitely go to Cava. On the menu, it was like, if we believe you are intoxicated, we will not serve you alcohol. And, and, you know, we were just like, oh, really? Like, are you going to give me a breathalyzer? Like, Pour the mimosas, let's make it rain. Sangria, like come on. Um, but again, we were fine. Obviously, we were classy bitches and kept it together, but um, that's just a forewarning. If you're gonna go there, you know, just be prepared for those words to to scream out at you from the menu. Um, so then on Monday, uh my other friend and I went to the food market on 36th Street. 36th street in Hamden, which is like 10 minutes outside of downtown. So, um, when you first walk into this place, it's like, so I guess this like famous, you know, not famous. Okay. He's probably a famous chef, but I personally like don't know him, but he's very well known. I will say for this restaurant specifically, I don't remember his name. I really should look it up right now on Instagram really quick. But as I'm doing that, I'll just describe to you this experience. Um, But basically, the food market, again, another amazing choice. So, okay, award-winning chef Chad Gauss, his value-driven comfort food offers a dining experience like no other. And this is absolutely correct. I mean, when you walk into this place, it's uh, maze balls, very open. Like you can see the kitchen from the front, um, dim lighting, twinkle lights. They had like these cubed bookshelves hanging like up on the ceiling with books, just very cute, very welcoming. Um, it was like low key and casual, but also fancy. I felt, I felt very luxurious when I was sitting there and, I mean this meal was definitely the most memorable this week because of just what we had. Um and this was a place that had its own restaurant week menu. So that in itself already made me feel extremely special. But we first, you know, we could, the smart thing that we did was we each ordered a different item off of the fixed menu, but it was again things that we shared that we completely split in half. So we had like a potato and cheese bisque, which honestly tasted like mashed potato soup but again not, not dissing it at all. Um, it was still amazing. that's just like the best way I can describe it. And then um, we had like a a steamed bun brisket, Sandwich amazing. Um, we had what was, I guess, one of their more popular dishes called lazy stuffed shells, and it was literally just shells, not stuffed, but like the it wasn't ricotta, but something similar was dolloped in the middle. And there were like lobster chunks and shrimp all up in there. It was really, really heavy, so I'm glad that we split it, but it was like had the most flavor for sure. And then we also got um some steak some stink some steak um medium rare again the sauce the steak sauce was impeccable and there was like creamed corn on the side and then um some like spicy german noodle that i'm kind of blanking on the name but and then dessert was on for fucking gettable it was like we had the half baked blondie um and it was like a like roasted marshmallow rim in the bowl like it was like a bougie camp dessert honestly that's what it felt like and then we also split the um heath bar bread pudding and everything just came out like warm ready to go everything was very inviting i felt invited and welcomed as i was eating the food and i really just like we were having honestly such a hard time I thought I was going to keel over. We were like trying to finish our second drinks and both had to pause and just like take a step back and really think about what we were about to do because I might have gotten like sick if I had had one more bite of dessert, but it would have ultimately been worth it. Um, And that was, I mean, I think the food market was my favorite at that point of the week. And then last night we had to end obviously with Fogo de Chao because Fogo definitely has the best deal of the week. I mean, it's usually so expensive at any other time, but we probably paid half of what we would have usually paid for unlimited meats. We had dessert included. We got some uh, really, really delicious cocktails as well. Um, And the thing is with Fogo, you really can't fall under the trap of the salad bar. It is the best salad bar I've ever seen. And we did get like the brown sugar bacon and I got a couple slices of cheese and some really thinly sliced like salami or like whatever. But that's really all you need. Like you can't get wrapped up in the cheese wheels because – and that's coming from a cheese lover like myself because then you won't have any room to push through for all the meats that they bring to you. And for me personally, I don't get the pork or the chicken. I don't really wanna waste my time on chicken while I'm at FOGO. I really only um, go for like the steak, the fillets. um, What else did we do? Oh, the lamb was amazing. You really just need to stick with those if if you're looking for advice for the, for that type of journey because with that you can just keep going and going and going and it's not stuff that you're going to like make yourself all the time whereas like i can throw chicken on a stove and make it taste good if i try hard enough but obviously it's not fogo level but like i'm not come on like it's a brazilian steakhouse you have to stick with the steak um and we we were there for like maybe like almost 2 hours and we're eating for a straight hour and a half. Um I was so proud of myself. I was like chugging along, kept going. We ate dessert. It was like really just a nice way to end the best week of the year. Um, and I slept like an angel baby, wrapped up in a blankie, just like I was definitely buzzed from how much meat I ate, but it was like a feeling like no other. I mean, I would do it all over again in a heartbeat. I'm still thinking about it. But anyways, so everybody do restaurant week. Um, this isn't an official ad for Open Table, but shout out to Open Table for like really having the reservations down on lock. Always go with them or online in general if you're gonna do a reservation because you really need to, especially for restaurant week. Because we at the food market, we had to wait a little bit, at least 15 minutes, for a table that we had already reserved, like four days in advance. So, always do open table for the guaranteed spot. Um, but, anyways, that's that's my report. I'm I could talk about food all day, but I won't. I definitely want to get into today's episode. We have my very good friend on the pod this week. Uh, his name is Matthew Wall, and. Matt and I, as you will hear when we speak, um, we went to camp together at the Kutz camp way back in the day. Um, We've known each other for about nine years. And Matt is just like one of the most genuine, happy, um, and amazing people I know. The work he is doing totally reflects on who he is as a person. And so um, I thought he would be the perfect guy to talk about Boys and girls, positives and negatives, and best friends, which are Ned's tips that we cover today. And we also just, you know, he, when we talk, and it's funny afterwards, he texted me and he was like, I feel like I didn't answer all of your questions. And I'm so sorry about that. And it's like, it's fine. Like we were genuinely speaking from how we were feeling, sharing stories with each other. Um, and I learned even more about him talking and interviewing him for this podcast and and I think he learned some more about me as well which I think ultimately like is a testament to how great our friendship is and I'm glad that we get to share that with you guys on this episode um so without further ado uh let's get into our great fantastic interview with the Matt Wall so I do want to preface this segment With uh, the fact that Matt and I recorded remotely. Uh, He is based in Arizona and I am here in Maryland, of course. And so we used the Anchor app, which is really, really cool. You can like dual record or invite your friend to record with you right over the phone. Um, And Matt's quality is really, really great. Mine is Eh, for some reason I'm not really sure it kind of sounds like I'm on the phone whereas Matt actually sounds like he's like could be in the same room as me but I sound like I'm over the phone so um i w- i mean I'm just glad that we were able to record and that it worked um but again I just i'm excited for you guys to hear what he has to say and let's get into it <music> everybody we are here with matt wall my dear friend my camp bestie and now real life bestie matthew say hello to everybody
0: hello podcast world i am so happy to be here and kind of honored that i'm your bestie that's that's pretty nice
1: i mean you know me the nicest person ever (laughs) um (laughs) so just a little bit of background on Matt and I. We and we were trying to see if this was actually correct, but we were both at camp uh, at the Kutz Camp in New York in 2011. I swore that like Matt and I took pictures, like we were friends, and Matt was like, "We weren't friends till 2013." I didn't. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> I didn't say that. I just said I didn't
0: remember. <laughs>
1: Right, right. Totally different. Um, but anyways, we were at camp at the same time. I guess that's that's all that really matters. Um, and we worked side by side um, until 2016, I believe, was our last summer working on staff together. We were both on the leadership team, which was very cool. Um, but throughout our time at camp, we were both in school, and Matt um, studied accounting at the University of Arizona, Bear Down. Go Cats! And then... <laughs> nice. That was
0: good, that was good.
1: Thank you, thank you. I See, I remember. Um, but then switched over to the other side for grad school, for law school, sorry, at Arizona State University. Um, so he he, I guess, uniquely has been a part of both World of, how does it feel to be, like, alumni of both schools you've and said, their rivals?
0: You've been talking about so much that I have so much to say about. So this is great. Um, Amazing. First off, to all the people who are not from Arizona, the University of Arizona and Arizona State University are the two biggest rival schools. Um, we actually have the oldest rivalry trophy in all of college football. So ASU U of A, it's called the Territorial Cup. It, like, is the biggest thing in the world. Um, you cannot go to ASU's campus wearing a U of A shirt. They will, like, harass you like no other. It is a big deal. So thank you for introducing this rivalry. And, yeah, your bio is pretty pretty solid. I don't know if you know this about me, but I used to be super afraid to go to summer camp and to sleep over at people's houses when I was a little kid, uh, which was really funny because my dad was the director of multiple summer camps and he always wanted me and my brother to go to summer camp and we just never did. So in 2011, you're correct. I went to New York. I flew 2000 miles to go to this camp um, that I knew very little about. A bunch of people convinced me to go and I met you and it was awesome.
1: Hells yeah. And shout out to Bruce Wall for being a great camp director In multiple camps. (laughs) Shout out to (laughs) Dad. Shout out, Dad. That was good. Um but yeah, and and I remember you do like I remember you did say something to me at one point about not being like a fan of the kind of environment that camp was, or you know, going into it feeling that way. Which if you have ever met Matt, like you would not think that at all. He just I feel like adapts to any environment he's in literally friends with everybody. Everybody wants to be his friend because (laughs) he just shines like the sun. uh, (laughs) Wow. Lizzie McGuire. That was good. (laughs) Thank you. Um, And it's just like, honestly, like every summer he would come in with some sort of either new story or like something cool going on. And, Matt is now a wish manager at wake a at sorry, wake a, wake a wish make a wish <laughs> foundation <laughs> which is like such a fitting job for him um I really like can't picture you doing anything else at this point I mean I can but also like when you told me that you got this job I was like this is like make a wish might as well be like Matt Wa- like MW Matt wall like that's you um, <laughs> And so I kind of wanted to ask you, um, you know, what made you want to get into that foundation and, and, you know, now that you're well into it um, by maybe a year, have you been there for about a year? Yep. Um, So now looking back on the last year, like how, how do you think this job has either changed you, impacted you, sort of all that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, Um, To give some more background on me, I'm born and raised in Arizona. I've lived here my entire life. Um, My dad's from Canada, so that's as far as I've ever been. Um, I've never been past Canada. I've only been to one country, random fact about me. Um, But throughout all of my education, I really wanted to go to the University of Arizona. You either go to one school or the other, and I wound up selecting U of A, then went to ASU had a, um, a brief stint with the Arizona Coyotes. So I was super passionate about sports and community relations. So I worked for the Arizona Coyotes and their foundation, um, worked for the University of Arizona for a bit. And then I had my absolute dream opportunity um, to work for Make-A-Wish Arizona. It's one of 60 chapters around the country. Make-A-Wish was actually founded here in the state of Arizona. Um, Chris Gracious is the first ever Wish Kid. His mom, Linda, is absolutely incredible. Um, She stops by our office about once every couple of weeks. She is an incredible human being. Um, The Make-A-Wish Foundation, because of Chris, because of Linda, um, have now granted over 220,000 wishes, which is absolutely crazy to think about and and such a cool honor um, and privilege to be a part of. We work to grant life-changing wishes to children with critical illnesses, and I really appreciate that introduction. This has been an incredible role, an incredible job, an incredible opportunity. Um, this all started when I was a junior in college. I was a resident assistant. I was an RA for three years. And um, at U of A, that's a really big deal. You have to like go through all this training. You have to go to school a week early. You have to do like a bunch of interviews. And um, my junior year, I was in this really small dorm. One of my residents, his name is Kobe. He was a freshman and right before finals week, literally a couple days before finals week, he was unfortunately diagnosed with chronic myeloid leukemia. Um, He was rushed to the hospital and he had to withdraw from the University of Arizona. So before all of that happened, um, I really sat down with some of my friends and some of the residents on our hall and we decided to create a wish type experience for him. So we, uh, brought Wilbur the wildcat, the mascot of the u of a the cheerleading team, and a bunch more people to to his hospital room to surprise his family um, and to tell him to not give up and he is still fighting um he interned for conan o'brien the a couple of years back, but it, that's how I got involved in all of this
1: yeah, that's amazing and i I knew that you were you know passionate about this type of work at camp just from what you would tell me as like an RA at school, but also like, so at Kutz camp, um, the counselor position was also called resident advisor. And I remember like, you know, you would say, you would talk to us about all the preparation that you would have to do for being an RA at school and how, you know, we would be going through some basic counselor training, but how, you know you compared it to your experiences in RA training and like I just you know the fact that you were an RA for three years is again not surprising to me at all because I think like you were born for those kinds of roles and not only facilitating great programs but um making a difference in other people's lives and I think like that right there is a testament to where you are at now with Make-A-Wish and I think that's super cool and um and yeah and I think I think that the tips that we're covering today will definitely resonate back to just your experiences in camp out of camp um and so I definitely want to dive right in and and talk about some tips with you
0: sounds good let's do it
1: let's do it in a middle school full of bullies ah! insane teachers ah! and gross school lunches Ned Bigby that's me and my two best friends try to do the impossible Create a guide that will help you survive school. Dropping up, looking out,
0: I'll survive. I'll Never fear, bring it on, break it down. What's in my way? And it's my place in this world.
1: Ned's Declassified oh. School Survival Guide. Yours, Ultimate Barry. Okay, so I first wanted to, so the tips that we're covering today, first off, are boys and girls, positives and negatives, and best friends, um, which as Matt will, will speak to those, um, I know everybody will see why that we came down to those three things to to speak about with him. But first, starting with boys and girls. Um, so just a little bit of background as to why I wanted Matt to talk about these Things was because when we were counselors together at camp, um, basically Kutz was structured to sort of act as a college type schedule. So every day the campers participated in their major, which they had every day, and then they were able to pick weekly minors and then daily electives. And so the RAs were able to come up with and execute these minors for for all the participants. And Matt and I led a uh, like Girl Code Die Code minor where we um, had, I remember specifically, we would make, we would like pour Cheez-Its onto a plate and then <laughs> we were like the waiters and like pouring pictures of, you know, like we had pictures of water and we were pouring water into cups and we would sit down the the girls and guys and like have them act out a date. And then we would kind of give advice on, you know, what like, a date should be like or what you can talk about on a date and i just remember doing stuff like that act, you know acting silly as we always did but just like you know just doing what we did best which i think was one making people laugh and two you know trying to to steer i guess our kids in in the right direction um but basically um i want to kind of go into what Ned says about boys and girls, and then kind of have you comment on, on that as well and, and sort of give your insight um, as to what he says or in reflection of. So basically for, uh, for boys, he says, never be bummed. Go with, the day, go with the day with the boys. If you really like someone, ask them out, I guess, as, from a guy perspective. And then the last one is never ask out a girl just because she's hot. Try to get to know her and like her for, for her. Your relationship will last longer. Don't rush it. <laughs> so, so now I want to turn it over to you and, and what you have to say from that, you know, from either Ned's standpoint and then also yours.
0: So first off, I was a huge fan of Ned's Declassified School (laughs) Survival Guide. I actually used to watch this show with my brother all the time. Um, I can't really remember what would happen, but I just remember Ned would like stare at the camera and talk about all of these awesome tips. And um, many of them are how we all live our lives today. Um, As funny as that sounds. First off, Girl Code and Guy Code completely changed the game. Um, That MTV (laughs) show literally changed the game um the reason i say that is because nobody would ever talk about these types of situations nobody ever said like for example how to go on a date as funny as that sounded when we did that at camp we we threw cheez-its on a plate and like had people pour water um nobody ever teaches you how to like set a table for example i was at my family's home very recently um we had this huge family like celebration with with twenty people, and the person who set the table like did it all wrong, and <laughs> I I felt so bad because they didn't know they did it wrong. That's just the way life works, right? Right. Um, because nobody ever teaches you these things. So first off, awesome that we're doing this. Uh, in terms of of Ned's tips, never be bummed. Go go with a day with the boys. Um, I think never be bummed is really important. I'll just kind of talk about those words specifically totally Um, going into life with a positive attitude and doing your best to stay positive is so very important Um, the way I do that is I'm really really good at like thinking on my feet and having to Uh, adjust to situations all the time. I never know literally every single day at work. I never know what I'm going to be walking into. Um, Every single day of my life, you never know who you're going to meet, who you're going to have the privilege of talking to. Um, So always going into every idea with a a new opportunity is really, really cool. Um, In terms of the last two, they're kind of funny. If you really (laughs) like someone, ask them out. Um, Instead of kind of like zoning in on dating it's more about just life i would say yeah take risks um for example if you see a person who um who doesn't get breakfast or whatnot where there's somebody at work or somebody in your life that needs somebody to go grab lunch with just like speak up and ask them to go grab lunch ask them um to to go work out at the jcc i don't know whatever <laughs> it is Um, at go join a basketball team. And I think that's really, really hard. You see in in high school, in elementary school, as we were growing up, um, everything was kind of like told, right? Laid out for us, yeah. Yeah, it was laid out for us. Um, Even in college, as funny as that sounds, you had an advisor to help you pick your classes. Something happens as soon as you graduate college. I can't explain like what happens, but essentially you're on your own for the first time in your life. And um, it's kind of crazy. Like nobody ever talks about that.
1: Yeah. And so actually a little bit in my last episode, I touched on like how I joined a kickball team just because I was like, I need, you know, I, I was stuck. I felt stuck for a second thinking like, okay, I just moved to a new state. I have not many friends at all besides my roommates. Like I need to stop feeling bad for myself and like, go do something and my boss at the time recommended kickball and like if I hadn't done kickball like I would not have and it's funny the people that I was on my first team with I like don't even you know I barely see those guys anymore like they're like they were way older than me like so there was definitely an age gap but like it opened it just opened the door for me to actually feel good about joining something random and so like I think you're totally right on that You're, you're right on point when i was just doing something because <laughs> yeah you you kind of have to as a grown up when i was 7
0: years old my parents put me into theater camp i didn't do sports camp i didn't do science camp i got put into theater camp and because of that it truly changed my perspective on a lot of things um how how to act in certain situations how to be funny how to Um, really changed the game. And I think because of that decision, I played sports for a very, very long time. But because my parents really encouraged me to do this, um, it really changed my outlook on a lot of of situations. So you're absolutely right.
1: Yeah, totally. And speaking on theater for a second, when we were counselors together, Matt and I were both in this, we were like in this Dr. Seuss program that we put on. And (laughs) (laughs) we like the way we presented it was with an opening number um and i was like a bird like background singer or something like that and matt was horton from horton here's a a who and we like were performing full out this um song and matt was like totally the star obviously but i will never forget when we did that in front of the whole camp that was like so fun. I was like, we're killing it, obviously. Um, <laughs> and I just like remember like you were like, a person's a person, no matter <laughs> how small, and everyone's like crying. I'm like tearing up in the back, like with my cardboard beak on, and I'm just like, this is amazing. Like, we're gonna make it big. <laughs> and
0: I'm so happy you brought that up because I forgot about that altogether. Um, but
1: Wow, that you just don't remember anything first in me. Off, <laughs> aw,
0: first off, oh, first off, that song took me absolutely forever to learn. I kept messing up. It took me hours to get it. The person who was like We were having us,
1: like full-blown rehearsals. Oh, <laughs>
0: full-blown rehearsal in the dance studio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this was very serious. Uh, this was. But I it's funny. Somebody showed me a video of that whole program very recently. I It's live somewhere on the YouTube. Oh, my website.
1: God. I got to find it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and a person like that. First off, it's from a musical. Yes. A, a lot of people don't know that. Um, but <laughs> a person's a person no matter how small. Like if you live your life that way, you will 100% succeed. And it's a really tough lesson to learn But you never know who's going to make a difference in your life. You never know if that person on the side of the road that needs help, that like needs their car changed or needs their tire changed, like maybe you can help them. Maybe you can go impact their life. Maybe that homeless person on the side of the road, they're not just like struggling that they need some extra help and and extra assistance. And there's so many different opportunities every single day that we kind of just like glaze by. And don't totally don't always notice, which is kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, and um, it's and I think as at least I've gotten older, I've noticed more around me, obviously, and like, um, like what those small things can do. And I think obviously the work you're doing, like now, and and I feel it with the work I'm doing as well. Um, just with kids, with you know, everyday life at camp, as you know, you can make you can turn someone's whole day around with just something small and so you're you're definitely right about that Um, let let me just add that
0: um because i work in a nonprofit setting doesn't mean that i'm like going that i'm doing anything better than you are right that i'm making a difference better than anyone else that that's not what this is about it's all about finding your own way to to make a difference in in your community um whatever that may look like so just wanted to throw that out there
1: too no, you're totally right it It looks different in all different settings, and I totally agree. Um, anything else from from your boy's perspective, or I guess from this this like part of the tip that you think is important for everybody to know?
0: The only other thing I can think of is to ask why and to really like find out who people are not the basics of who they are or what they're about but like where did they grow up why are they the way that they are Um, really pushing the boundary of conversation you never know where that might lead um, and who you might meet and who you might get to know Um, I think that is really really important so when they talk about like try to get to know that that girl and like <laughs> her for who she is your relationship will last longer um and last thing you don't have to rush through life um there's i don't know who says this but somebody said the chances of us being alive today like in this moment are like percent. 0. 000 right like mm-hmm. very very small and if you think about that, first off, that's terrifying and scary to think about. Um, but at the same time, like, what can we do here on this time that that we're here to change people's lives and to go about making people smile and, and having fun? And that's what I got to do at Cuts. That's what I've got to do in every single kind of community activity I've ever been a part of.
1: Yeah, no, totally. And, um, you know, I definitely have seen that with you and the Kutz community specifically but even like just hearing about what you do outside of camp and what I have heard you doing with all the years we've known each other like I can tell that like the relationships that you make with people and that I think are like the right way to go about it is is by you know seeing someone for what they're doing or you know see you're finding out what makes someone really happy what gives them that drive and like that's gonna have more substance for sure and that goes with for girls and guys um and sort of you know transitioning into the girls portion of this quote-unquote um I mean all of these obviously like for boys and girls this is applicable but I want to scan the list really quickly and then kind of turn it back to you um but I think all of this really does sort of resonate with what you've already mentioned, like be honest and be yourself around girls. For boys and girls, if you're nervous, just take a deep breath and be yourself. Number one, most of all, wear deodorant, obviously. (laughs) Don't show off, it just backfires. If you like a girl, just ask them out or take your time by becoming friends, just like what we mentioned in the last one, compliment them. And then don't act like a jerk around girls just to make you look cool. It makes you look like a fool. And girls won't like you for that. In fact, they will probably just try to avoid you. Be honest with your feelings. If you like a girl or anybody, just come right out and say it. They will appreciate you being honest with them. And that will raise your chance of getting a girlfriend or a date or anybody. A man, whatever you prefer, is is basically, I feel like, how that should be said now. But um, just hearing those additional points, like, Do you feel like, you know, as young adults now, um, you know, how should we be approaching people we like or just people we want to be associated with?
0: So there's two things that come immediately to mind based on those, um, all those points you just brought up, um, all those pieces of advice. Um, One, don't show off. It just backfires. I'm going to think of a story. I I don't know what story I'm going to tell, but I'm going to think of a story (laughs) about that. Um, And then don't act like a jerk around people just because it makes you look cool. That's like high school 101, right? The popular kids are are the coolest people on the planet. Um, I don't think people can really be popular anymore in life. Maybe maybe that's, I'm wrong. Um,
1: No, I agree. But I I think, think social media is where the popularity is at
0: yeah yeah and shout
1: out to daniel wall my brother he has
0: two hundred thousand followers on tiktok as of this moment so just wanted to get oh him a yeah shout and
1: millions of views millions of on views. the talk on the talk tiktok <laughs> is changing
0: the game just saying it really so anyways, is
1: back to this um
0: don't show off so like i don't know do you need 750 dollars jeans do you need a million dollar car
1: do you need a Balenciaga sweater? <laughs>
0: I don't even know what that
1: is. <laughs> right. Like it's, it's, and I think just, it's funny. I follow this guy on Twitter who makes these ridiculous videos called Landon Romano He's like absolutely ridiculous, but he is very real on Twitter. I feel like, and he said something like live within your means. Trust me. Like, you're going to look, literally look like a fool if you try to sort of like live way above what you can afford, et cetera, and, and all that. And that is so true. Like, you know, I, I definitely have friends who can kind of, you know, have the luxury of like putting more money towards certain things or whatever. And it's like, I so badly want to, you know, be at that level where I feel like I can travel wherever, or like, buy whatever I want. And and in reality, it's like, no, like, I, I work for a camp, like, I need to <laughs> keep it real for a second. Like, obviously, I'm not doing this job for the money. But like, it is true. Like, if you live within your means, like, you're gonna go way further. And so I think it, financially, like not showing off is important in terms of just knowing where you're at. But um, yeah, I mean, I think also, like, people notice, like in the real world, if you're trying too hard, um, whether, whether if it like, whether it's with networking, or just, you know, getting to know people, like I've been at networking events, or just um, events, like with my roommate, for example, we've gone, I've joined her at a couple of like campaign kickoffs and stuff like that. And like, you know, and sometimes we'll talk about just like, or people that she knows, or that I've met, or like, even people that I know from other settings, like, okay, this person, you know, stood out because they were tr- just trying too hard. Like, when in reality, like, you really don't need to go all out. But I feel like it's always a competition in that sense. And so like, <laughs> in, in, in various settings, like, so, I don't know, I think that's just like where I stand with, with that sort of in the professional realm.
0: Yeah, for sure um networking is huge and people definitely sometimes overdo it but a informational interview can definitely go a long way um especially if you work in the entertainment world or the sports world it is definitely a challenging environment to work in um as somebody who who worked in that industry so shout out to all the people who are grinding trying to trying to make a name for themselves um one of the funniest things that he brings up is if you are nervous just take a deep breath and be yourself um, so, did you ever see the movie We Bought a Zoo? No. Oh,
1: my God. <laughs> but okay. I've heard of it.
0: <laughs> so, this movie, like, changed my thinking, which is so, <laughs> so ridiculous to say. But I'm
1: not surprised that that movie changed your thinking.
0: So, there's a quote in there, and it says, all it takes is... 30 seconds of insane courage and I promise something good will come of it Mm,
1: yes I remember that quote even though I didn't see the movie (laughs) maybe it's not from we bought a zoo I don't know I I
0: remember it from there but um, (laughs) if if you really think about that uh, like taking three deep breaths and just like trying something new is so so important and I think we kind of get like bogged down into our zone for example let's say I get I get to work at 8 a.m like I'm off work at 5 p.m I have dinner by 6 30 whatnot maybe I'm gonna go for an hour-long workout like we get in the zone and we don't want to break those patterns but it's so important to, to break those patterns like if you sit on the same side of the car if you sit in that same chair at your dinner table like when you were growing up it is so important to just like mix it up um, and cause you never know what's going to happen if you do mix it up, who you're going to meet, what opportunities are going to come your way.
1: Totally. And, you know, I think to just wrap up this, you know, part of the segment, um, I, and with sort of like this all kind of rolls into, you know, with being yourself, you know, don't try to act like a jerk or somebody you're not just to make yourself look cool, um, like you're going to look like a fool. Like you need to be honest with your feelings. Like that's just like the culminating truth of all of this. Like you, and, and it's not just about like what to say on a date or whatever, like what we were doing. But I think that even what we were doing at camp, like is an underlying message for just, you know, when, when you're in a situation with somebody new or just approaching a whole new job or starting school or whatever, like you have to go into it with, with knowing that, um, the, the more honest you are in saying like, I don't know what I'm doing, or, you know, I'm really nervous right now. Like that's just going to automatically take a layer off and like make you more authentic. And, um, you know, I want to ask you what, what are your final thoughts with the concept of boys and girls, but basically what we've, we've taken beyond from there.
0: I, I want to say, I want to take it back to summer camp. Right. So, Every single year when I was on staff, it was always the biggest deal in the world. Should I get an internship or should I go to summer camp? That is the biggest deal that every single staff member at every summer camp around the country is worried about and is nervous about. I'm sure you you definitely experience it All that. the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you can read like hundreds of articles on the internet and people will have all these different pieces of life advice about this. Um, Every single summer, I chose the summer camp route. Um, And there's a reason for that. It truly, like being in that community, truly changed my life. I don't say that casually. Um, I say that because the experiences I had at camp, the people I had the opportunity to meet, um, for example, in um, 2013, I was on this this program at camp called Avoda, which basically means worker, right? Rachel, you did it too.
1: Hell yeah, K staff. Okay, okay, so the <laughs> kitchen
0: staff was like the coolest people. I was a lifeguard, which I was like the lazy person, I guess you could say. I don't know. We just like <laughs> I, sat so. At the pool. I was
1: I was the cool I was the cool person for sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, K staff was the coolest people.
1: No, I, y'all got tan. We got soaked in, in food. So (laughs) I made one lifeguard save that
0: summer. And I remember I was like the coolest kid at camp that day. Um, yeah, you were
1: famous. (laughs) You were famous. I swear.
0: But when we like, yeah,
1: Matt made a save. Like, (laughs) holy shit.
0: (laughs) When we went through the Abu program, I learned so much about like how to just like treat people, um, we so in Avoda, you're basically like cleaning up the camp. You're building things. You're plunging toilets. You're fixing nails. You're chopping wood. Like there's this guy in the world named Ben Tungland, and he is so <laughs> awesome. Like this man is so awesome. Um, the first time I met Ben Tungland, I was terrified. My first real boss. Yeah, yeah he was my first real boss. Um, he, I'm gonna tell two Ben Tungland stories. First off, he's scary. Like, he's got an eyebrow piercing and super long hair. And the first time I saw him, I didn't know what to think. The, the dude yeah. is so <laughs> awesome. He's an awesome human being. <laughs> um, but he taught me two things. Uh, the Can I curse?
1: Hells yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As you
0: continue to do. Um. <laughs> yeah. So he, I was driving the truck on the first day of camp. The first day of camp. And he brought me to the side and basically said as you're driving like you better go 5 miles an hour like you better follow the speed limit and he said don't fuck up
1: and as like <laughs> silly as that is no that was like the like that was the thing to to remember yeah. he like implant like he instilled that into our minds 100, from day 100%. one 100% um
0: another Ben Tunglin story that that I remember is we had to do just, like, the most random, mindless tasks sometimes that to just, like, make you a better human being and a better person. Um, I taught somebody at my job very recently how to write a thank you card because the director at our summer camp taught us how to write thank you cards. And, like, this girl who had graduated college had never written a thank you card in her life. Like, there are so many life lessons – that are learned at, at by going to camp and by experiencing new things um I wasn't nervous to go to college well I was like I think everyone was um yeah but I wasn't as nervous as I would be had I never like took that risk and flew across the country by myself for the first time and all sorts of fun things so that was my passionate speech about summer camp and why everyone should go
1: Oh, yeah. Everybody should go. Everybody who works for me should know (laughs) that you need to go, Um, (laughs) which they do already. But um, totally. So now I want to I want to move into our next tip. We're back with Matthew. Um, I want to talk a little bit about positive positives and negatives. Um, you know there's not many like you know there's very little points, technically bullet points that um, this episode of Neds had to say, but I think speak volumes um, and that we can definitely get into. And so the first is being positive is a contagious. Uh, the second is unfortunately, so is being negative. And then the last thing he says is try to be as positive as possible. It will put you and people around you in a much better mood. And I mean, this is very straightforward, obviously. But like, I think, um, you know, I specifically always think of you, Matt, when I think of positives and how, but also how you can channel something negative into a positive. And whether it was like a bad day at camp, or, you know, it could be, a harder day at work like I just want to know like how you approach positives and negatives either simultaneously or like how one kind of can you can't really have one without the other
0: so I was at this training recently and this guy talked to us all about being positive positive. Um, and not once did he bring up like that negatives are involved right you can't have one without the other and so mm-hmm. the entire time we, we were talking about like being happy all the time 100 percent, it's just not possible right um, right so at the end of the day doing your absolute best to wake up that tomorrow is a new day that you're gonna go in with a positive attitude you're gonna turn on your charm you're gonna make friends you're gonna make a new acquaintance, get to know something new about somebody, uh, connect with somebody new, talk to somebody, reach out to somebody. Um, you really never know like what's going to happen throughout the day. Do you have sweet tomatoes there? You don't I can't. Sweet- no, no, no. Do you know the restaurant sweet tomatoes? I don't know if this is a thing. Soup plantation? Uh, no, we,
1: it's, we used to have this pizza place near my house called Hot Tomatoes that was like $4 <laughs> jumbo slice, but they – that you could get at like two a.m., but they closed. They literally padlocked the door. I don't know why. And so I was thinking of that place, but no, we don't have sweet tomatoes. Okay,
0: I'm so sorry.
1: Um, we're talking yeah. about. Two I know totally I'm still different... having a hard time with it. So thank you for being <laughs> sensitive to my feelings. We're talking about two
0: totally different
1: restaurants, and that's okay.
0: <laughs> but um, what I was gonna what I was gonna share is like invite somebody to go to dinner or like.
1: Or brunch.
0: Yeah, or brunch. I know you're a big brunch girl. I heard you love uh bloody Marys.
1: Oh, you yes, you know I love the good bloodies.
0: (laughs) A good good bloodies. Um, so there's this place in Arizona, this is not a paid advertisement that does like donuts (laughs) in your bloody Marys. (laughs) Donuts in your bloody Marys, bacon in your bloody Marys. It's cool. So, anyways, back to positives and negatives. Um, I'm trying to think of a good story for this one. Like trying to be as positive as possible it 100 percent is contagious um whether you want to admit it or not people who people like feed off of one's emotions right so if oh, yeah. i go in and i um am super positive and super engaging that person will be super positive and super engaging if i am super negative that person might be super negative. So I am really, really good at difficult conversations. Um, that is something that I'm very proud of, um, of all of the difficult conversations that I do on a daily basis, um, since I was a little kid. And really having the the calm demeanor to when somebody's yelling at you, I don't know if this happens a lot at camp, It probably does. Um, but if somebody's like yelling at you, and somebody's pissed off, just like, smiling at them and everything's different everything's changed um so i don't know i don't know if you
1: agree no i definitely agree and i just always think back to the summer where we did a lot it was our leadership summer where we did the program with inside out Mm -hmm. and how i mean that is like a depiction of how like joy in the movie it eventually found it like impossible um for you know Riley the the girl the character like she was she had lost her joy because that's like all she used to feel and that's and then when like she had this huge life change that wasn't the case anymore but then it took you know until the end of the movie for joy to realize like you need to experience the hardships to to feel the ultimate joy and she then she literally cries tears of joy which like then I started bawling and like that's a whole other story but like (laughs) I just (laughs) remember but I just remember like that was like the perfect depiction of you know what a day of camp you know needs it needs to have essentially ups and downs like you can have just great days at camp, amazing days. But like, to really appreciate those, sometimes the days have to be hard. But I always tell people, um, like who are working at camp, or even, you know, some of like some of the kids, I say, if you're gonna have a bad day, you might as well be here, because there's no better place to have a bad day than at camp. Um, There's no, you know, there, there were some instances where we, we have to tell kids some really tough news from home, or, you know their parents call or family calls with you know if if sometimes we've had grandparents pass away like it it happens you know and like sometimes we have to unfortunately be the ones to have the first conversations with these kids and we always ensure families like they are in no better place right now but obviously besides being with family but like due to circumstances of them being here, it's still okay for them to be here because they're going to have the best support system that you can imagine. Like their bunk is going to come together and be there for them. And so like, does that make sense? Like, I just, not that like, you know, it. but if you're going to have to feel a certain way, I always say like camp is the best place to be because you know, you're going to have the people you love surrounding you. Um, you know, no matter what, no matter what's going on out in the real world. And so that's how I like try to channel it. Like though, I always see the positives and negatives every day at camp, but like, I always see them coming together, like in a really integral way. Um, which like you said before, like, if you just smile at somebody, like it's going to turn the conversation in a totally different direction. Like it is contagious. And it is even like, the like the negative stuff is combated by so much love. And I know that like that's what I felt before. Um and that's what I that's what I see the kids that I work with now feeling, which is a really cool thing to see.
0: You know, every single person um faces challenges every single day. So first off I wanna just say to to all those people Um, you have no idea what somebody's going through. To just be perfectly honest, you have no idea um, what kind of day they're having, what kind of challenges they they faced. Um, Maybe they got in a car accident that morning and their car is completely totaled. Or maybe they just lost um, a really important person in their family a few months ago. Or maybe their cousin just got married. Or maybe the love of their life just got married, not to them. Like, You have no, you just have no idea what's going on in somebody's life. Um, So 100%. um, That made me think of a story. So when I was um, at University of Arizona at the U of A, um, it's actually called the, at U Arizona now, they changed the name.
1: Yeah, you can't call it U of A. Without your permission? So
0: (laughs) I was like, in my element at the u of a i had all the friends i needed i was in my comfort zone every day was like a positive day it was exactly like summer camp and then you know when you go home from summer camp and like everything's sad and disappointing like that's what happens when i graduated college so i graduated college (laughs) everything's like uh and then i joined this (laughs) master's program and i'm back at school i'm at the biggest rival college i could possibly go to I had been wearing U of A shirts like basically every single day. That's a thing at <laughs> U of A is like you wear U of A shirts every day. Uh, maybe not. I don't know, but uh, it was a thing for me. I always like wrapped my school with pride. And yeah, then- it
1: sounds like a personal. Yeah, thing. Yeah, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> um,
0: but I always wrapped my school with pride, and then all of a sudden, like I couldn't rep my school anymore because I'm at the rival True. school. And the mm-hmm. first month, I remember coming home. To, I was like talking to my mom, and I said, I don't like it here. Like, I don't want to do this program anymore. This is not for me. And I can't remember the exact moment, but after that first month, like, something flipped. I don't know if somebody like laughed funny, or somebody smiled at me, or I think somebody like invited me to go do something. And and suddenly I was like a part of a group and was a part of a positive experience. And I was a part of a soft intramural softball team. And I had been making friends and I was helping people study for exams and tests. And um, if you would have told me that I was gonna be the graduate speaker at the commencement, I would have laughed at you (laughs) after one month. Like after one month, I wanted to quit. And then they Mm -hmm. asked me to be the speaker at graduation. Like you just never know what's gonna happen, yeah. and like where life is gonna lead you. So it's all about embracing the positives. It's all about also embracing those challenges and those negatives that that come your right. way. Um, I'm sure you have some funny stories about positives and negatives.
1: Oh, I, I, I mean, yeah, but, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, so, I mean, it's not like you know, this, is this isn't one of my more funny stories, but like, so I was a coxswain in college, um, on the rowing team and my senior year, we, um, at practice one morning, like we got into like a minor accident or the water was really, um, rough and the boat started sinking because the, the waves were so tall that they were just like, you know, flying into the the shell and in a woman's racing shell, um, the rudders are lower to the water because it's it's supposed to be a lighter boat, um, quote unquote. So the water was just pouring in specifically where I was sitting, Um, you know, my seat, I was facing the rower. So like it was a deeper, a little bit of a deeper seat. And there was there was more room for water to get in and fill up really fast. And I ended up like getting like knocked out into the water and i had to tread water for like 20 minutes and 40 degree water it was crazy one of my friends swam out got me like it was really like it i've never thought about something more like is this like you know is this i i was thinking the worst and it was i wanted to quit like the next day i was like i'm not going to practice like i can't do this anymore like You know what I had built up to for four years, like this was my senior year. I felt like it had all been taken away from me. Um, And then, you know, but the boat really came around, and and they were like, "We need you. Like we, you know, we all need each other. But like, we can't have you, you know, not do this anymore. Like you need, you know, we need to all sort of overcome this and like overcome this adversity and not, you know." dwelling on it would have done way more damage to my to my mental health and so you know two days later i was back on the water despite me not wanting to be at all but i just like i was like i got to do this because you know i'm not the only person in this boat like it really does matter having every single person every single seat for physics reasons but also <laughs> just like you know in general and and for the for the mental emotional part of it too because that's a big part of rowing and we medaled every single race that season and I'm literally looking at the medals on my wall right now and like there's my mom like made this like awesome display for me and there's like high def photos of us winning a race and like me in the seat smiling and like I look at those moments where we went like where we won gold in front of like so many people in like Philly um in you know, Williamsburg, Virginia, like all these places, like I think of where I've been and where I've been able to show people what we can do. And I'm like, that's the most positive thing I could have asked for. And like, that's a literal display of like, taking something that was so negative that happened to us and really just like, dominating because we wouldn't settle for anything less. Um, And so that's sort of like, my, you know, not to get like, super deep or anything but because I want to stay lighthearted but like that really did like that's the most defining thing that I can think of of like when you know I've actually like done something with a negative to really be a positive and 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 I've actually learned to like channel that story where it doesn't scare me anymore to talk about it like actually motivates me to think of okay well you know when I'm in grad when I'm sitting in like grad school classes and I'm like This sucks. Like, this is taking so long, like, because I can only do it part time and, like, whatever. But then I think of, like, okay, if I can literally overcome, like, treading water, you know, and our boat sinking, like, then I can do this. And, and that I always think about it that way.
0: I remember you telling me that story and just, like, having no idea what to say. Like, that was so, that was so powerful.
1: Um, Yeah. And I remember talking to you and some people at Kutz about it because it had happened right before our gosh meeting yeah, in March. Yeah. It had happened literally like days before that. And I remember like, it was so fresh in my mind. And that's when, you know, it was before our races even happened. But, but I had been trying to like really understand why this happened. And, and I remember talking to you guys about it.
0: So I think one of the ways that I have always done my best to be positive throughout life is to just be a goofball. I think, like, yes. just have fun. So we, me and Rachel had a, uh, you, we can tell the podcast world. We had, like, a handshake. Oh, my I God. Think, that we used to do from, like, yes. across the room.
1: We it literally involved, started in opposite corners. It, it, like,
0: involved, like, swimming. Swimming.
1: And, <laughs> I don't know. We would swim towards each other. And then we would, like, do, like, the plugging the nose and, like, boogieing down yeah. thing. Yeah. And then we would literally row up peace signs and yell deuces <laughs> and then like walk away like that was just like <laughs> but we were so loud about it like everybody knew that was like our thing I feel like and but it was like such like a fun thing like people would geek out on that and we would mm-hmm. just like guaranteed every single time it would it would bring about a laugh from me at least
0: <laughs> and you know one of the reasons that I brought that up is because we weren't afraid of judgment.
1: Oh my god, no. Not and at all.
0: That is what stops, I'd say 99.95% of people from like being positive and just like going out on a limb and trying something new. Is they they're afraid. They're afraid yeah. of like what other people are going to think about them. Um and really embracing that and just like it's so hard. It is so oh my god, hard yeah, to say. Yeah, so who cares. hard. But mm-hmm. At the end of the day, like you boogie and you like swim across the room and you yeah. do a handshake and scream out deuces. And like, yeah.
1: <laughs> that's just what you do. That's just, that's what you do. <laughs>
0: that's what you do. You know, I have so many more stories that I can share, but I feel like, I feel like you gotta, we gotta like keep going, right?
1: Yeah, we gotta keep going. We got one more segment, and that is on best friends. Because I'm the Okay, so for our last tip, we're covering the topic of best friends. And I consider Matthew to be one of my best friends. And I will be the first to admit, like, I am sometimes bad at keeping in touch. Like I'll lose touch for a little while, but like Matt will always bring it back. Like he'll always text me out of the blue, or you know, he will not he will not let this friendship fizzle. And I appreciate that. And and it's it's pushed me to be a better friend um and so that's why I really wanted to cover this with you and basically some of the points that are made in um like through Ned and through the show are very self-explanatory again but but very on target and it's um that friends look out for each other you talk about your problems with your friends everyone needs a best friend never talk behind their back if a friend is there for you be there for them and make sure they know what you're good at vice versa when it involves school, each other um, What do you have to say about friendship, Matt?
0: <laughs> wow.
1: <laughs> I know, so, it's such a big question.
0: Friendship is huge for me. Um, <laughs> once you are my friend, like... Then you're I, stuck. <laughs> I will go to bat for you. I will, if you call me at two o'clock in the morning and you need me to help you, if you need me to go drive and pick you up, like that is who I am. I, once you are my friend, once I trust you, like I will go to bat for you. I will protect you. I'll do everything I can, um, to help you out in any situation that might come your way. Um, so I think friendship is, is so very important. Um, you 100% need to look out for one another. Um, and, and just like, help people be there for people, especially in times of need, especially when they're not having a good day, just like be there, being there to listen and just to, to say, like, it's going to be okay. Sometimes that's all that person might need. Uh, that's huge. Friendship is also, like, very interesting to me because friends come and go. And it yeah. took me a really, really long time to learn that. Um, after college, I was like, Yeah, everyone's gonna come back into my world and we're yeah. the best friends ever. And then like everyone <laughs> disappears. Yeah. Everyone experiences this, mm-hmm. but everyone just like disappears. And you're like, Where did you go? Why why aren't you my friend anymore?
1: Where are my uh, where are my friends at? <laughs> and it's why am I alone? <laughs> and then
0: they're like not doing that to be mean. It's just like the right. way the way life works people yeah go off on their own they they try new things they go to different states they move away and mm-hmm. it's really hard uh, my yeah, best so hard. friend when I was two years old is not my best friend today but if mm-hmm. you were to ask me when I was 16 I would say yes I would say sure. that best friend who I when I was two is that same person we've been we've been stuck with each other we're best friends. Um, they did this study, Harvard did this study for 70 years, where they found out that the when people are about to die, like the thing they think back on is their relationships and their friendships, and Mm -hmm. how much you were able to like impact other people. That blows my mind. But is one like friendship is so important to me, I can't
1: even express that. No, yeah. And I think it's like, what we sort of touched on before, like, I think as camp people, not that we have like an advantage, but we know from a young age what it's like to have to say goodbye to somebody who doesn't live near you, who, you know, you don't won't, won't get to see every day anymore. That really only shares such a unique experience with you that not a lot of people from the outside will understand that. Like we, I think have like, had such real experience with that and like not being able to see each other all the time that it like really has, I feel like very, you know, it has, it's prepared me for what that's going to feel like when, you know, we got older and, you know, I, I, I knew that I would feel a sense of like sadness, you know, of course, after graduation and, and after people start moving on and moving to different places, like, but I, but I kind of just thought back to camp and I was like, I, I remember feeling this before and it sucks, but like, it's going to, you know, it's going to work out in the end. And I feel like that's why camp friends last like literally a lifetime because you've been in, you know, sort of set up in this way already for, for many, many years. And I see it with the kids that I work with now, like, especially at Aerie and Louise, like the camps are almost a hundred years old they're multi-generational, like, there are a lot of kids who grow up around the same area, but then there's, you know, kids who come from further away, and um, kids will grow up there for 10 years, and their camp friends are, their like, number one priority all the time, every, you know, and it's, and I still see the strong connections that, you know, kids are making at seven years old, and I'm like, okay, well, when they're CITs together at 17, like, they're gonna, you know, say we've been friends since we were in Unity, which is like the youngest you can start out at. And, and I think camp is the place where like, the facility, like the way friendships are facilitated are is, is what's going to make you more resilient as a friend when you're older, if that makes sense.
0: So I've known you for nine years. Yes, if, if you think about that. So in 2011, we met each other. Yes. And it is so crazy to think about this um but as of january 1st 2020 the camp that we went to no longer exists Mm -hmm. like it and we could talk about why in a second but it the camp that we went to is is not a thing anymore and yet all of those memories and all of those awesome friendships that we made along the way um are still there we still can can uh reach out to each other and hit each other up I used to tell people that because of of my camp friends and because of all the various opportunities and, and friendships I've made that I could pretty pretty much go to any state call up someone and I'd have a house to, to sleep at that night and yeah. while that's probably not true anymore there was for a time <laughs> where that was 100% true and that's because
1: you're gonna friends like come and go. call someone up and, <laughs> and like,
0: <laughs> gonna i can be just be like who imagine, are you be like
1: who's who's this like who the hell, what the hell are you talking about? Oh my god. <laughs> no, but you are absolutely correct.
0: Yeah, um I'm so I would say there are three people in my life that I can call and reach out to at any time whenever I need them. And um one of those people I would say is you. So I appreciate you because you're I was definitely gonna say,
1: I better be on that. List. You're definitely on that <laughs> list. No, uh, I appreciate I, that. Thank you.
0: I would say there there's two others um, that I won't name nameless. But um, it's all about like, just being there for people and getting to experience like the most ridiculous things. So part of During this conversation, I decided to scroll through the FB, like the Facebook, and look at all these Mm -hmm. funny photos. And there's this photo. You're in it. Um, I am dressed as Captain America, and you are dressed as the Hulk on top of somebody's shoulders. And like, we look
1: so silly. Oh, my God. We were color war captains yeah color war macabia (laughs) Macabs. but it was avengers avengers themed
0: yeah i remember how big of a deal that was
1: oh my god that's what you do honor of a lifetime oh totally (laughs) you just like you have
0: goofy memories and you you do your best to like maintain those friendships along the way and you never know where where you're gonna travel where you're gonna lead to um i'm going to texas next week because i get to spend some time with one of my friends and like yeah you,
1: you never know and I I I know I've been saying this for years, but I gotta come out to AZ asap. And um... you never been to the Grand Canyon, have you? <laughs> no, I haven't. I know I gotta get out more. Have is Dutch Bros a thing? Nope. Dutch
0: Bros is like the biggest thing. It's like Starbucks, but everyone smiles. It's really weird.
1: <laughs> I just go to Dunkies if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah, Dunkin' Donuts is, like, not a thing here.
0: But that's okay.
1: Yeah. Um. Anyways, no, but you are totally right. Like, when I look at camp photos all the time, especially after, like, we found out last year, you know, that this past summer would be the last. Like, I just kept, like, scrolling through. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, just remember everything clear as day. Everything about the days where those photos, like, when those photos were taken, what we were doing. It's just, like... And it's the way I felt with the people I was with. And, and that's what, you know, stays consistent over time.
0: And to bring it back to where we started at the beginning of the conversation, um, the industry and the, the career path that, that I'm in is, is challenging, right? Mm-hmm. I, I work with, uh, with children who have life-threatening critical illnesses um, and not all of them make it Um, and it really makes you think about what like what would you wish for what do you like if you could create a bucket list what would you want to accomplish how could you go like I don't know I've always wanted to meet Neil Patrick Harris so how could I meet Neil Patrick Harris or how could I perform on Broadway or go like climb Mount Everest Or go to a new state and travel across the world and all those things that we keep at the back of our bucket list, like we should be going out and doing them. And that's definitely something that I've learned um, from this career path and from this job that I've chosen is like, go out, try something new. Don't, don't like let things slide. You gotta, you gotta try new things. You gotta go experience life because um, I promise you, it comes at you fast. Um, and you never know when, when it's your time to to hang up those cleats and, and move on. Um, as I that's the best metaphor I could give, but it's tough. No,
1: It is tough. And I agree. I think everything you said, again, is spot on and very, you know, well, executed and articulated. Um, and, you know, just to sort of, you know, I want to I want to leave the last words up to you. Like, is there anything else in sort of wrapping this up, but that you you know, want to make sure that you get out there to the people um, either, you know, just on what we talked about today or just, you know, really anything in general at, at, at everybody who's kind of in this point of time in their lives and thinking about that next step for them?
0: So this is my favorite episode of television of all time. Um, and this is the same way I closed out my speech when I, when I spoke in front of 5,000 people. Um, I said that my favorite TV show of all time is Boy Meets World. Yep. And in the last episode, you know this story well, in the last oh, yeah. episode, <laughs> um, all, of the, uh, all of the kids, all the students who have grown up in Mr. Feeney's class Corey Matthews, Sean, Topanga, um, they all come together, Eric, they all come mm-hmm. together and they sit at the desks and they ask Mr. Feeney, what do you have left to teach us? Because everything's about learning. We're always trying to learn something new. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he says, you know, I don't have anything to teach you. Um, every Everything, I, like, basically, you. it's now time to live your life. It's time for you to explore. Um, and then he says it like there's this really cliche music and there's like a <laughs> bell that rings and he goes, believe in yourselves, dream, try, do good. And then there's this really slow music and everyone like stares. And Topanga looks at Mr. Feeney and he says, don't you mean do well? And Mr. Feeney like stares straight back and basically says, no, you idiot. <laughs> Just kidding. He says, no, I mean, do good. And Mm -hmm. if I could share one message with everyone, it's that you never know where life is going to take you. You never know what kind of challenges that are going to impart on your life. Um, But like go out and try something new every single day. Go out and make a new friend. Go out and do your absolute best because I promise you life comes at you very, very quickly. Um, And you never know where life will take you. And it has been my absolute honor uh, to be on this podcast. This is the first time I have been interviewed for a podcast, I think. Yeah, for sure. It's the first time I've ever been interviewed. Um, I was the sports editor of my
1: college newspaper. I've probably
0: interviewed over a thousand people. And I would say you're one of the first people to ever interview me, so this has well, been pretty fun. I'm
1: honored. I had so much fun with you. Thanks for getting inspirational with me. That's and what I'm,
0: that's what it's about. Hell yeah! And um, you know how we close out everything? Yep. We do the Soldier Boy, and then we just live life, you know. <laughs> yeah.
1: We crank that and move on. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Matthew, and we're gonna do what we always did at camp and say deuces deuces (laughs) got a hipster man on a Vespa he a vegan, so he always eatin' chestnuts, chestnuts. And he brewin' comp, bitcha, in a bathtub, back up Film school nobody but he graduated rut. Yeah, I'm his number one fan, though Drop it down, serenade me on a banjo Body fit like his daddy was a brando Know his daddy rich, why he livin' in a van, though? Got another dude, think he a brodo. So I don't let a dude, pour out any Pinot. Pino Penn State grad, and he loves Scarface Finance, like the love, talking about his car make But I ain't flinch at a CVC Stats, cause the man Poop when he pledged And the man's what's this and that. Anymore. I'm like, can you shut the fuck up, Steve? So this is a new segment that I'm trying out where um, I'll be looking at different comedians and either like watch some of their stand-up or if they have a specific monologue that I think has points that can, you know relate to what I'm talking about, all that, or just that I think are funny that um, you know, I want to share with you guys. So I am going to start this week off with Alana Glazer. Um Alana Glazer plays Alana Wexler on Broad City with Abby Jacobson. Um I love this show. It's a Comedy Central show, um, but it's also on Hulu and it's about two young jewish gals just making it through new york city and i really do relate to um to abby and alana a lot of the times um i feel like me and alana especially share some quirky funny things in our personality so i was drawn to her immediately and thankfully she just came out with a stand up special on amazon prime called the Planet is Burning. Um, and, I mean, she's absolutely correct. The Planet is Burning. And she's, like, a really big climate change advocate and activist. Um, you know, she's a feminist. She's pretty liberal. Like, she um, is always speaking out against social issues or about social issues. Um, and so I thought, I did think her overall stand-up would be like comment more about the planet and you know what we should be doing and like whatever and she didn't really like you know she kind of touched on a few things but it was funny like she's like uh, you know very inappropriate and there are some things that like I thought were hysterical but might be a little too much uh, for this podcast yet but um Basically, you know, I watched her special. I rewatched a couple of things that I thought were funny that I wanted to get down. Um, But I want to go through sort of some of the stuff she said and then kind of draw it back to the concept of this show. But, you know, she says like, she's like, the government's on fire. Our planet is on fire. She says, and it's just, it's like Congress wants us to die. And she's like, I think that's because they're about to die like insinuating these guys are like old, they're boomers, whatever. Um, And so they're not doing anything about it because they want us to die with them, which is the ultimate FOMO. And I thought that was hysterical. Um, it's definitely a new way I've heard somebody comment on uh, the government specifically. And it's so true. I mean, FOMO culture is alive and real. If I'm not having FOMO, I'm like, like every day I feel some sort of FOMO. Even if I'm so far removed from like a social situation, like I'll still feel FOMO no matter what. Um, it's just, it happens. And I feel like it's been happening more and more lately. Like, I don't know if anyone else feels the same way, but I just feel like I'm always having FOMO. It's never ending truly. Um, and you know, then alongside that, she says like the youth is really standing up and giving her hope and like, hopefully you can end this baby boomer culture. And like, that's so true. Um, you know, I, as somebody who's still maybe considered on the tail end of the youth, I'm not exactly sure. I think she's more referring to, um, young activists, uh, for, you know, policy reform and like things like that. But I, as someone who is now leading, I think the youth in some way, and at least in the context of my job, like it's true. I'm always rooting for them. I want them to take over and it, and it's happening. And it's just funny, like whether Congress likes it or not, it's happening. And like, they're just always going to have this FOMO of them, you know, not, not being able to see that through. Um, so I thought that was hysterical. And then she kind of goes into like, she's talking about her friend who, um, you know, she's talking about like sexual identity and, and non-binary identities. And then she says, I personally identify with Mr. Peanut. And she was like, who wants some salty ass nuts? Like, sweet hat, you look good. I love that dress on your sweet hat. Um and it's just hyster- I was like, okay, that's hysterical. That's me. Um, who doesn't identify with Mr. Peanut? I mean, like, everybody's always I'm I am a big D's nuts joke um facilitator, I guess you could say. I always say, it's like I tweet every year in February, it's been this many years since I, you know, have never stopped laughing at D's nuts or whatever. Like, literally like clockwork i remember discovery. i know these nuts has been around for a long time but i personally made the discovery in february 2015 whether that's late or or whatever fine um but i've been laughing about it ever since and so every february i say another year's gone by and i'm still laughing at these nuts and it's so true um and I thought that was, I personally identified with her identifying with Mr. Peanut because of these Nuts. That's what I immediately thought of. Um, but basically another, I guess, I think the most, I think the the funniest these Nuts joke I've made so far has been um, like, or it, it happened, I'm like stumbling over my words, but I was at a conference and um like with other camp professionals and this guy this other director of a summer camp in New Hampshire was like oh yeah i'm from baltimore like i know all these baltimore families i know like all these people whatever and was i was you know was kind of he was like listing off families that he knew that like were associated with our camp in some way like stuff like that because like everybody calls baltimore smalltimore and whatever um and I so then I was like, okay, I got this genius, genius idea. And I turned to him and I said, Do you know the D's family? And he dead ass was like, Hmm, the D's family? Like, really, really thinking hard about it. Like, I am sitting here sweating, like about to burst with laughter. And then I was like, Yeah, D's nuts, and literally started bawling like laughing, of course, um, tears of joy at all times. Um, and <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh God. It's just, it's hysterical. Like my boss was laughing, like everybody, like it was, it was a proud moment for me. Um, and, and that's all I'm going to say about these nuts or else I'm still going to, I could talk, I, I can have an a whole episode on, D, on these nuts and maybe I will. Um, and then the last thing that I want to comment on her on her stand-up about is, um, you know, she was talking about, like, making a house a home and that, like, you know, she's married and whatever, but she she's like, I can't believe I'm a, I'm a wife because, like, just knowing her as, like, a character and as a person, like, it, she's, like, not the kind of person who you think would get married and, like, want to be wifed up or whatever, but she – um She's like, yeah, like, you know, every time I'm in my house and I light a candle, I'm like, yeah, it's a vibe. And she's, like, jumping up and down. She's like, I, you know, I'm peeling carrots, but I'm not a chef. Like, just shit like that that I just – I'm like, that's me, honestly. I light a candle, and I'm like, everything's good. Like, I am an interior decorator just solely by me lighting this candle. This is amazing. Like, I am so cool. Um, But she – just talks about like Hebrew school in general and and growing up in Hebrew school and doing all this stuff, like growing up as a Jewish kid, a lot of the things that I uh, related to personally. And, you know, she's hysterical. She um, will always make me laugh. I hope she does do more stand-up soon. I think everybody should watch The Planet is Burning um, on Amazon Prime if you have it. And um, hopefully this was witty and clever and funny and i'm gonna keep looking into more stand-up and more monologues so thank you for tuning into this segment for all i know Facebook post is from the Canton Neighbors Facebook group. I was recently just added to this um, and I do have to say they really like stepped up my expectations. Um, I thought South Baltimore was crazy. It turns out all the savagery is, uh, is done in Canton and um, this is what I mean by that. So this lady Posted a video um, and it says, Does anyone know this person? She left something by my front steps and I'd like to give, get it back to her. And it's a video of um, this lady walking her dog and stops in front of this house um, from the person who posted this. And you can't see what's happening, but her dog poops on the front steps. And what I find absolutely ridiculous about this is that after her um, dog is finished with the business, she, I don't know if she's even like looking to see if she has a bag or or whatever but she's looking around her she's looking up and then she immediately scatters across the street cuz she know she knows what she did she she knew that that was not the right move um and i mean this post has over 50 you know reactions or whatever um a lot of people are posting gifts that are like shame 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 Um, the girl who originally posted said, I just want to return it. Um, you know, of course, (laughs) and somebody like, you know, tried taking like a screenshot and zoomed in. Somebody zoomed in on the actual dog and said, any of your neighbors have a better pick or recognize the dog? And then someone said, oh, you are too funny. When will these dumbasses realize everybody has front cameras now? Hope you catch her and return the favor. I mean, whoever commented is absolutely correct. Everybody has these ring or nest cameras. Like, of course, you're going to get caught, even if it's not from the person's steps themselves, but it's going to be caught on somebody else's camera. And I mean, I just, I feel for this person. It is so obnoxious for someone to just let their dog waltz up on their steps and leave a little surprise. Um, And I really do hope she kind of catches the culprit. I'm rooting for her. I think, um, you know, hopefully like nobody else steps out to this, but this is a lesson to just literally watch your steps um, as you're leaving your home. Um, I mean, when I'm running like through the park and stuff like that, people, I like witness this all the time. People will have their dogs off their leash, running around, pooping everywhere. There's always something left in the sidewalk. Like the other night or the other weekend, my roommate and I were walking to the bar, and thankfully it was only mud, but I swear I thought I had stepped in something and it would, I was like about to pass out. I was so nervous. But you really like, Do have to watch out for that. Unfortunately, of course, it's the city. But I I do like to say, don't let a shitty situation get you down. um, If that's what I'm going to take away from this, but also like, let's you know, I I am hoping that she's identified. You know, let's kind of say, don't you know? Maybe we should just give her some bags to carry around because, like, I'm not going to lie, when I'm walking my dog at home, I've forgotten a bag a few times. I got to run back, get a bag. It's like a whole thing. And so I've been there with the no bags, but like, come on. you. There's always something you can do. So hopefully she doesn't walk out to any other surprises. Hopefully the Canton community can come together and find this lady. And hopefully justice will be served. That wraps up today's episode of Girl Help Me Out. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope you all have a wonderful week. And remember, when it comes to these tips, results may vary. No truth. No truth. No true Well, you go secret.
0: Never love me. And hold me down my mind. It
1: goes, it goes, it goes, it goes. It goes. It's my world. Made me crazy, Mike just turned around to 180 I ain't
0: politicking, I ain't kissing no baby She's devil on my doorstep, being so shady Mmm, don't trip, we don't gotta let him in Don't trip, yeah I let it go, but it never go with it. Uh-huh.